Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. We've got an exciting episode for you today that's all about finding your lost cat. And before we jump into that, though, let me tell you the bonding tip of the week that's sponsored by Vitacraft. They're the ones that make amazing cat treats. And today's bonding tip of the week is make a toy box for your cat. Now, you know, I have these bonding tips on YouTube. So if you go out to YouTube and you find this one, there's some good visuals. I have toy boxes for Pico that I show, as well as he's demonstrating um, handily in the background. So you'll want to go check that out. But basically, I make a toy box. You can make it out of anything. It could be, you know, a cardboard box. It could be something that looks like a little toy box. And put all the toys in there. What's fun is that your cat will go in and scatter them all over the room, a lot of times at night when they're real active, and then reset them in the morning, put them all back in the toy box. And it's kind of fun. You'll see them digging in the toy box, looking for their favorite toys. Another trick is to put some catnip in the toy box, and they'll really dig around in the bottom or even treats in there. Makes a great interactive fun thing for your cat. And then kick toys out and chase them around. And of course, as they're watching you resetting those toys in the toy box, they know that you're doing that. So that helps them to feel more attached and more bonded to you because it is kind of an interactive thing you're doing with them. So have fun this week. Make a toy box for your cat and play. Now I want to jump into this episode. We have a very special guest today. We have Kat Albrecht Thiessen, who is the founder of Cat Trackers. She's a former police officer with a background in search and rescue. And today she's a pet detective and she trains volunteers and dogs to find lost pets. She's also the founder of the Missing Animal Response Network and has the first ever online Pet Detective Academy. So we're real excited to have you on the show, Kat. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Thank you, Molly. Glad to be here. I want you to talk about a lot of things, but let's talk about it. What happens when cats get out and they're not supposed to be out? I mean, all of us cat parents, that's one of the most frightening thoughts we could ever have is, you know, your cat darts out the door and you go chasing it and it's gone and you can't find it. Or worse yet, it gets out in the middle of the night or you don't know that it's out and it's been out for hours or days. And what what do cats do? Let's start with behavior. What's yeah. kind of normal for what a cat does once it gets out of a home? Yeah. So, so when we're talking about indoor only cats escaping outside, we're, we're talking about displacement. Uh, that is where the cat has been uh, transported into unfamiliar territory. 
And displacement can happen, you know, most commonly, the indoor only that escapes outside. But it can also happen with cats that are, you know, being transported, like cats that escape at a vet's office. Mm -hmm. You know, it can even be an outdoor access cat that has a territory can become displaced by escaping at the vet's office, escaping while camping, you know, anytime it's, it ends up being in an area that isn't familiar to it, Mm -hmm. they behave in a very predictable way. Uh, And that predictable way is they hide in silence. That's their protective measure from predators. It's what they do well. Um, But, you know, factors come into play such as how many hiding places are there right outside, you know, the escape point, you know, if, if it's an older home with um, plenty of places to hide, like access under a deck, under the house and under a shed and all kinds of bushes and overgrowth and things like that, then that cat is going to travel less of a distance because they're going to find an immediate place to hide right near the escape point versus a cat that like escapes from a home on a, that's on a golf course where there's no fenced yards with, you know, decks or places to hide and, or a new construction, uh, you know, neighborhood under construction where there really are, you know, again, no hiding places, those cats will travel farther. So, you know, it depends on the temperament of the cat, how far they're going to travel. It depends on uh, you know, the, the terrain and the area where it escapes Um, you know, and there, there's a couple other factors involved as well, but in general, the indoor only cats or cats that become displaced hide near the escape point and they can be, uh, recovered by using like a humane trap or a wildlife camera, uh, and a plate of food that will confirm that they're there and that the owner then just needs to work on humanely trapping them or enticing them to come back into the home. Hmm. Wow. And, you know, we live in an area with lots of predators, but also lots of prey. And so I can imagine if if my cat got out and uh, I, I just picture him tracking prey, you know, and just getting distracted and where he would probably stay close to the home. But because of the smells and the rabbits and squirrels and things like that, I, I picture him, you know, wandering farther uh, on a scent track or something like that. Yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting that you bring that up because, you know, we would assume that, oh yeah, you know, cats, you know, cats kill mice, cats can, you know, kill and, uh, you know, eat their own food out there, but they that's not necessarily the case. If you have a cat that's been an indoor only cat all its life, it, I'm not convinced that it's going to be able to, that it's going to know that a mouse, you know, that it needs to hunt a a mouse in order to eat. It's going to get hungry. It's going to get thirsty. Depending on the temperament of the cat uh, is going to influence whether it's going to break cover quickly. And, uh, and sometimes when they do break cover, the cat will return to the door or, you know, the front porch and meow to be let back in. That's going to be the more gregarious cat the cats that have the more skittish temperament, right? The ones that we say as a former feral or, you know, that the the question that we ask the cat owner is this, what does your cat do when a stranger comes into your home? Because that mimics, uh, 
displacement because when you bring something unfamiliar into the cat's territory, like a stranger coming into your apartment or your house, the super catatonic or former feral or skittish cat is likely going to run and hide and under the bed and not come out for hours. That's the cat that you're going to need to use a humane trap to get it back. That's a cat that's likely not going to come back to the front porch. Uh, it's not going to meow and break cover, uh, but it may eventually go into a humane trap after a length of time, after it reaches a threshold of hunger or thirst where it will finally go into that trap. And what about, you know, you read some places online, people, people post a lot on Facebook. If someone's missing their cat, they say, put a litter box out there. Is that something you recommend doing? No, we actually don't recommend that. And I've actually blogged about that. If you go on the missinganimalresponse.com website, I have a blog there. And uh, I the, that blog that I wrote, it's kitty litter myth. Uh, and what it is, it's basically, it's like what, what is called a questionable cause fallacy. And without getting into too much explanation about what that is, because the, the blog does that, this is a meme uh, or this, this is misinformation that was put out probably about seven years ago uh, with a meme, a picture of a cat and a, a, an X root and a litter box or whatever, or, or no, I'm sorry. It's a picture of a cat in a litter box saying that cats can smell from up to a mile away, uh, which first of all, that is not true. Um, and how, or how did they prove that? And secondly, um, and that they the put the litter box, it will bring your cat home. Now, many people claim that this technique works because what they've been seeing is that these cats, many cats do return back to the front porch or you know to the window they escaped from, but it has nothing to do with the, their litter box being put out there. It has everything to do with the fact that they need to reach a threshold, and we think it has to do with thirst, that, will, that they will come back regardless of anything is put out there or not. And how do I know this? Because I've been coaching cat owners in lost cat behavior, lost cat recovery for over 20 years. And that meme only appeared seven years ago. And uh, we've seen this behavior of these cats coming back to their front porch over and over and over again. And it, and it doesn't matter what you put on the porch. Um, and, and there'll be people that will argue with me and that argue with the people I train about that. And, and really, the, the more important point I want to make is, is I don't care what you put on your porch. What is most critical for you to do if your cat goes missing is you need to get permission from your neighbor to get into their yard, to look under and in every conceivable hiding place, because that is where your cat is most likely to be. That's where the statistics are saying your cat is likely to be. And that is the number one proven method to recover missing cats is doing that physical search. And I'm not talking about you taking a flyer, handing it to your neighbor and asking your neighbor to call you if they see your cat, because they are not going to get on their belly and crawl under their house or their deck to look for your cat. But that is where your cat is most likely to be. Mm -hmm. And passively putting an object with scent on your porch, hoping it's going to attract your cat to come back home, um, isn't the answer. The answer is getting into your cat's territory and doing a physical search. And I had heard, I, I thought I read somewhere too, that something about 
putting food in litter boxes out are actually attracting other cats in the neighborhood, which may, you know, cause fights with your cat or scare your cat off. Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. We've got uh, people uh, that I've trained that use uh, wildlife cameras to help in lost cat recovery have uh, video and uh, still shots of coyotes that have shown up or other you know, cats from the neighborhood that have shown up to the litter box to spray it, you know, spray in it or whatever. And so, yeah, you can definitely be adding more problems than a solution. You know, you're better off putting a small plate of food and, and a camera, a wildlife camera, if you can get one and they're not hard to get, you can buy them at Walmart for, you know, around 50 bucks, I think for the real cheap ones. But, you know, to be doing that or even propping your door open for your cat to come back in the home, uh, we call that house's trap. And there's actually a a method, a way that you can smear bait uh, above your front door and put dollops of food, like doing a food trail coming into the house as the owner sits in a chair behind the door uh, late at night. And then when the cat works its way into the house to eat that food, the owner can then kick the door closed and you basically humanely trapped your cat inside your home. Right. Well, I could just see sitting there and having raccoons come in. And know, that's them. the problem. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's a cat and not a skunk. <laughs> it works. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no telling what you're going to get in there. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you had a, a background when you were a police officer, you had a background in, in search and rescue, um, you know, and presumably that's for people clearly. And uh, what did that, teach you? What did you bring forward from that into this next career of yours? Yeah, pretty much everything. I mean, really what I start, what, what happened was I was heavily involved in SAR work with my bloodhound and was a police officer. And, and, uh, but then when my bloodhound escaped was lost in the woods, I, I had the idea to bring in a tracking dog that I had, it was one that I'd helped to train to find people. And we scented her on my bloodhound's bedding and her dog tracked him down in 20 minutes and found him. Wow, and that's, wow. that's when I asked the question, you know, I know how to train dogs to find people. Why aren't we training dogs to find lost pets? And we have all kinds of detection dogs, drug detection, bomb detection, COVID detection dogs. You can train a dog to find any scent. So why aren't we training cat detection dogs? Why aren't we going out and doing physical searches for missing cats and dogs? And and that's what we do through the missing animal response uh, training program is where I train pet detectives, both professional and volunteer. Uh, Some of them use cat detection dogs. Some of them you train and use scent tracking dogs to track the scent trail of lost dogs. But many, and I'd say most of my volunteers don't even have a search dog and they coach people or they go out and put up cameras or put up humane traps, either for dogs or cats or both. So, um, so really it's, you know, it's an effort to get more people trained up in communities across North America that are going to offer what pet owners need, the physical hands-on help to, to look for their missing cat. And so what I brought in from my years in law enforcement was the analysis of lost person behavior. I've studied the analysis of lost dog behavior, lost cat behavior. And those are all uh, involved in my training program. Uh, forensics, the use of, uh, of detection dogs, the uses of scent discrimination trailing or tracking dogs, uh, the use of um, high-tech equipment, 
Uh, we've even used DNA testing. Uh, we've uh, used DNA tests to uh, analyze a cat whisker and solved a lost cat investigation that way. So, so, you know, again, it's the concept of there is an existing science that already exists to find missing people. Uh, and I've been trained in that. And that's what I've used to build the missing animal response network is, and, and, and what one thing that we get is a lot of comments from shelters and rescue groups and people that find our behavior-based information on our website, um, that that is a appreciation that they, or, or what is noted is that what they read on our website is, some, is completely different than what you read on a lot of other websites. But we are about sharing our information and we encourage uh, rescues and shelters and TNR groups to you know, link to our website. And when you know that somebody's lost a dog or cat, have them go to our website because we've got a lot of useful information plus a network of pet detectives that are willing to help people. And that website is the missinganimalresponse.com? Yes. Yeah. So missinganimalresponse.com. And then the other thing that I thought was fascinating, you'd sent me a link to a video of teaching dogs how yes. to search for cats using a, a, a bait cat, if you will, and uh, who was just adorable, big, fat, orange boy named Cheeto. It was too yeah. cute, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, that was, and that was fascinating. So, um, so when people are interested, so let's say uh, they're either a volunteer for a shelter or a rescue or just want to do this on a volunteer basis, or maybe they want to start their own cat finding business in a city, right? They can, you can actually train them and their dogs, right? Correct. Yeah. So right now we have, uh, there's actually two different ways uh, to get training through us. Right now, the the number one way is through the missinganimalresponse.com website. Uh, You can click on the training link there and we offer an eight week or a 10 week course. The, The 10 week is is more of a course for those that want to do this as a business that want to charge a fee for their service. And frankly, there's a few people that are doing that in in the country, but not there, but more and more uh, Facebook groups and teams are being trained that are offering it as as volunteers. You know, I I don't want to get into the pros and the cons of both volunteers and or professionals doing this as a business, but there's pros and cons to, to both. And so we train both. Um, so that's one way uh, to get involved in the training. The other is that we're preparing to launch our cat trackers tour uh, or cat and cat trackers. So cat trackers is actually a, a nonprofit organization that we're in the process of developing. Uh, we don't yet have our, our website uh, up. We do have a cat trackers tour um, Facebook page. So it's facebook.com slash cat trackers, plural tour, and a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash cat trackers, plural tour. And so we've posted just a few videos and a little bit of content. What cat trackers is, is we are launching the program where we are going to train 10 uh, in 10 cities across this United States, and we're selecting 10 cities where we are going to have a shelter partnered 
with a nonprofit cat related group, or it can be, it can either be a TNR group, a cat rescue group, an individual cat lover that wants to start a group in their area, or like a friends of, you know, shelter group that want to form a lost cat recovery team. We're uh, getting a grant to be able to offer scholarships where we'll train um, 10 people from one particular city and we will train them a target cat and a cat detection dog. And we will go into these communities. Uh, we'll offer the training online, but we will actually physically go to these communities, helping them uh, by doing an initial recruitment, uh, fundraising in their community, media, to highlight the fact that we're going to be launching this program with them uh, to help recover lost cats in the community. And we, we want to track the return to home rate at these shelters um, to see what difference can be made because by recovering missing cats, you're going to mitigate their entry into the shelter. So you're going to see a reduction in intake of cats and part of our program that we're building in is that these volunteers will also work backwards to find these stray cats that are brought into the shelter to find out who lost that cat uh, by using like Petco Love Losses facial recognition software on cats that are in the shelter looking backwards, uh, you know, up to six months to see if the cat was reported missing four months ago. So we've got a lot of things planned with it and we're excited and we're just gonna be looking for uh, teams and individuals that are interested in forming this in their community. And if someone's uh, interested in, in having their shelter do this or their group participate, how do they get in touch with you about that to learn more? Yeah, so right now we've, uh, we've got a, a scholarship, um, a, a cat tracker scholarship page on the missinganimalresponse.com website. So if you go missinganimalresponse.com, um, click on training, and you'll see a link that says Cat Tracker Scholarship. And you can read on there the requirements. You have to be, it has to be a, a shelter and a nonprofit. Um, it, it has to be a shelter uh, that's based in the United States. And a, uh, you need to have a population of at least 100,000. So we're looking for a larger ish city. Mm -hmm. um, and you either have to have nonprofit status for your cat group or be willing to apply for it and get it. So it might be an individual or a group of cat lovers that want to do this that haven't yet formed a nonprofit. Uh, you have to be uh, agree to take on a uh, one of the cat house and uh, take, you know, house and you, your team will own a target cat and a cat detection dog that we will help you train. And you have to agree to use the Petco Love Loss facial recognition software when we train you in it in the program. Um, and so anybody that can go on and fill out the application for that, um, we likely aren't going to be processing the applications and making any decisions until um, uh, July or August because we're still in the, the process of building everything with the program. Mm -hmm. That's, that sounds so exciting. Now, does the cat, the target cat and the dog have to coexist or can they live in two separate homes? That's a really good question. Um, they put, it depends on the dog uh, because sometimes the dogs that we select for the program are super hyper excited about cats that they might even 
uh, be a dog that wouldn't be able to cohabitate with the cat because they would potentially chase the cat, right? Or just, they just won't leave the cat alone. Now I've had a cat detection dogs that uh, two of the ones that I had lived in my home and cohabitated with my cats and did just fine. But one of them, a Jack Russell Terrier that I trained was just so out of control, excited about kitties. It's funny because she would never harm a cat, but she would lick, 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 lick. How fast can you say lick, right? And when she would see, or when she would see Cheeto or knew that he was around, she would did this high-pitched squealing, excited. I mean, she was just crazy about cats, right? So, but some of the other dogs that we pick are ones that, you know, we want a dog that that will give a physical alert when it smells the scent of a cat. And these dogs don't chase, well, they potentially would chase cats if they were cohabitated with a cat, but would not harm a cat. And, and mainly the really dogs that will give a physical alert, like wagging the tail or whining. Um, and, and the reason that we want to do the training of these dogs is I've been doing this long enough uh, where I, I know what to look for in the dog. And I know there's a lot of dogs in shelters and a lot of cats in shelters that can be trained for this work. And that's one of the things that we're gonna do. We're gonna try to focus on pulling dogs and cats from high kill shelters, uh, primarily in California. That's, I used to live in central California and I know uh, just what a struggle it is for those shelters um, and anybody doing animal welfare. So we're likely gonna be pulling animals from those locations uh, and then having them uh, trained by the teams across the country. And then tell everybody too where the mice come in. I thought that was fascinating. <laughs> where you're you're training the cats to be quiet with a mouse. So do they have yeah. to also have a mouse? <laughs> yeah, really. So, well, actually, what we're likely going to be doing is either mice or hamsters. What what um, it's it, it's very likely that these cats are going to come are going to be pre-trained in California before we issue them to the team, like in, you know, Minnesota or, you know, Tampa, Florida, right? I mean, I'm just picking cities. I don't, we don't know yet where these teams are going to be. But what we're looking at doing is partnering with, um, I found a dog trainer that has partnered with a prison in California to do an, a program where the inmates train service dogs. Mm -hmm. And, and, this uh, particular trainer is excited about this concept. She also is a, she's a multi-species trainer. So she would be a good fit for us to be able to take cats from high kill shelters and put them into prison <laughs> with inmates that are going to use the hamsters or the mice to train the cats. So what the training of the cats, training a target cat, uh, is you either use birds or squirrels or mice that, that you condition the cat that going into your carrier means you're going to get to watch wildlife or a, a, a mouse that's in a, in a little tiny carrier. And what we've done in uh, over the years is we've found that the cats will often, when we test a cat, we'll put a video camera up with a cat that's in a carrier, count how many times the cat meows, in um, from boredom, and then next we put a cat, a mouse, in a carrier that we use this um, film on the the mouse's carrier where it's like one way mirror film, so the mouse can't can't tell that there's a cat right there looking at it. Mm -hmm. So we we don't want to 
alarm a mice, you know, a mouse or a hamster, right? And so, but then when you put it in front of the cat, you find that the cats stop meowing. They're so mesmerized. Um, and I got the idea for that part of it because my cat Cheeto and my other cat Myron that I had as my target cats, I, I got them, a, they had their own pet mouse named Squeakers. <laughs> and they would spend hours <laughs> in front of his aquarium just watching their little pet mouse. And so, um, yeah, so we're going to, so we're going to take mice. We're going to rescue mice from shelters and hamsters, use them to train the cats that are going to have been rescued. And they're going to be training the cat detection dogs. And those dogs are going to go out and help rescue cats. So it's kind of like (laughs) circle of love, right? (laughs) It reminds me of there's a, there's a transient man that will, be downtown sometimes and he has a dog you know and he's usually sitting on a sidewalk and the dog is laying down and there's a cat laying on the dog and there's a bird on the cat and a rat (laughs) and and he has a little peaceable kingdom sign that's (laughs) well this is absolutely fascinating are there any other myths about finding your your lost cat that people ought to know about before we hop off today um you know the the kitty litter myth is the biggest one most popular one um (laughs) you know it's it's funny because in that blog that i did where i point out what a questionable cause fallacy is they're doing a similar thing in japan but what they're saying is that the cat owners are talking to the neighbor cats and telling them, if you see my cat, because he's lost, tell him to come home. And then the day <laughs> later, their cat comes back home. And see, it was because they talked to the neighbor cats and everybody else is trying it and saying it works. You see, and what it is, again, is these cats, whether they're in Japan or they're in the United States or they're in Canada, where I live, they are hiding, but then they're reaching a threshold point and then they're coming back home. Um so that's as, as, as far as myths. Another thing I would point out is what makes the missinganimalresponse.com website unique. Again, it's about the, the individual behavior that we differentiate how you look for an inside only cat that's escaped outside or a, any cat that's displaced is very different than how you would look for an outside access cat that suddenly vanishes. Because that's a very different type of investigation. It, when an inside-only cat escapes outside, the investigative question or mystery to solve is, what or where is the cat hiding? Because mm-hmm. invariably that cat is hiding nearby in silence. And so it's a matter of where. So you're looking for the location where the cat is hiding. When a dog disappears, when a dog goes missing, the investigative question or mystery to solve is who has the dog? So it's who most likely somebody has found the dog and has self-adopted it or found it and has quote unquote rescued it or has seen the dog and knows the area where it's hanging out or knows somebody who, who had found that dog. So you're looking for a person. So it's all about for a dog. It's all about massive marketing, tagging cars with neon colors and big neon posters and intersection alerts. We're using big lost dog reward signs. You'll see pictures and information about that on our website because you're trying to solve the who. 
and where a cat is uh, an outside access cat has suddenly disappeared, it means something has happened to the cat to, to interrupt that normal behavior of it coming home. So the, the investigative question is what happened to the cat? And we've identified eight probability categories Unless if there's a ninth one abducted by aliens, pretty much when an outside <laughs> cat vanishes, it's one of these eight things. And that is listed on our website as well. So it, it can be that it was trapped. It could be that it was removed from the area intentionally, like a cat hating neighbor that traps it and dumps it somewhere or unintentionally it climbed into a moving van. You know, there's these different things that can happen to it. And one thing you had mentioned coyotes earlier, and this is a big mistake that cat owners make is just because you live in an area where there's coyotes or you've seen coyotes or owls or eagles or fill in the blank predator mm -hmm. does not mean that that is what happened to your cat. You, there, there would be physical evidence out there if your cat was taken by a coyote and many times it would be clumps of fur. So in the absence of clumps of fur, your cat might be trapped in a neighbor's basement, might be hiding under your neighbor's house. And what happens with many of these cats that get displaced, and it can happen to outside cat, an outside cat often becomes displaced out of its territory when it's chased and beat up by another cat. So if you've heard a cat fight, or you might not have been home to even hear the cat fight, but your cat might be three houses down, hiding in fear under a neighbor's deck, and if you don't set a humane trap or get out there and find and recover your cat and posting flyers in the neighborhood and asking your neighbors to call you if they see your cat might not work because your cat isn't visible. It's hiding in fear, depending on the temperament. But if you don't find that cat, eventually that cat may work its way two more houses away to a neighbor that sees a cat dart under their deck. They set a humane trap, take it to the shelter where it's euthanized. This happens every day. And the coyote fear, people fearing that a coyote has killed their cat or eaten their cat, stops people from going to the shelter. It stops them from doing that physical search because they shut down emotionally. Everybody, all their neighbors and family members are telling them your cat was probably eaten by a coyote. And who wants to go out and find something like that outside so they don't even look? And this is why we have so many cats that end up as fair cats or community cats or shelter cats, or, you know, they, they're, we give different labels to them, but it's not because people, we, we don't have an overpopulation problem only because people are not fixing their cats, but it's also because people aren't finding their cats and there's been nothing out there to help them. Mm -hmm. And that's what the cat trackers is hoping to change that we want to start we want to train the TNR people who already have the humane traps and the knowledge on how to trap a cat to start offering lost cat recovery services. Because I guarantee you, I've seen this over and over again, cat owners in your community might not care that you're doing TNR work. They might not care about the feral cat problem in your area, but by golly, if their cat goes missing, they will pay you. They will give you a donation to come out and set up a humane trap and a camera and to help them get their cat back home. And why not use your traps and your knowledge to generate more income to fund your spay neuter and the food and vet bills for your cats by offering this service? Um, I, it's just a win-win for the cats. Yeah. And your it is. Good idea.
Yeah, great idea. Well, thank you for taking time to be with us today. And um, appreciate you being on Cat Talk Radio and would love to have you back again once you get on your tour. Be, yeah, would be to. fun to do a follow-up and give us uh, some stories of what's going on in the field with the shelters and that kind yeah. of thing. So. Sounds great, Molly. Thank you so much. Uh huh. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. 